sure. No, no, no. This was this was off the air. So, hello, Mortis or Harvard. Uh, do, do I say Harvard or Howard? Because sometimes it's with a with an apostrophe. It's something different, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, nobody outside of Norway and Sweden really says it right. You know, if 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 you were from Norway, you'd say Horvard. Horvard. This is what I thought. Horvard. Yeah. So that's Horvard. the thing with yeah, okay. the, uh, the, the little apostrophe, or you know, the, the, as, as I say, the circle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the circle above the A uh, basically uh, makes a sound or. I thought so because I have uh, you know I have a friend in Norway and and I, I think he told me once uh, so I was like Howard Howard yeah but of course yeah everyone else would say Harvard or something um, Howard and that's that's fine I'm used to it that's what I, you know I've spoken to so many people around the world you know and uh, they all say how Harvard and that's I'm just so used to it I mean I sign my name that way with with you know, whenever I email foreigners you know outside of Norway or Sweden I don't even bother with the the or letter mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't even know if that letter will translate on their end of the you know on, on in cyberspace so to speak I mean do they even have that letter on their computers it's just gonna be like some weird figure when it comes there yeah I, I think I, I it, just, yeah. In, in the past, you were right. I think it was kind of really, um, you know, very simple script. But now uh, the computer is getting more advanced, so we can also read the the, the advanced script. But yeah, I, okay. I, I don't have the same problem, but kind of a similar problem because my name is Tobias. You know, in German it's Tobias, and I guess you would also say Tobias. But in English it's Tobias, and I hate Tobias. So it was, I was not happy with that. But um, until until a nice oh. lady said Tobias sounds like such a cool name, and since then I'm fine with it. So of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, you you will accept it from certain people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, um, can you please introduce yourself and say uh, um, who you are, what kind of music you're making, and, and then we just take it from there. Okay. Um, my artist name is Mortis, and, um, you know, I've been around since uh, actively as a musician, I guess, since... 1990s so we're talking well over 30 years i mean i started out in a couple of death metal bands that never got anywhere uh i was a vocalist in one and uh, i played bass in the other um then, then i joined the emperor for uh, a little over a year which is where i kind of um you know started out properly uh using the artist name ortiz that that, that came up around that time you know uh, 1991 uh once I left Emperor, I started sort of messing around with. Um, I was I was really inspired by you know this might be familiar to you like the Berlin School type of uh, electronic music, mm -hmm. um, Tangerine Dream of course from your oh, country, yeah. Klaus from your country, and I was listening to a lot of other stuff as well, and a lot of, a lot of the solo stuff that came out of those bands, you know, from Peter ba Baumann. How do you pronounce that, Peter Baumann? I don't know. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know. Like, Baumann. This, this, Baumann. This, this, Baumann. I found no Baumann. Baumann. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's just... He was in Tangerine Dream, and, and he was. I'm, I'm digressing now really badly, but um, this is this is exactly what I want. You know, digress <laughs> as much as you want. This is a uh, free-floating uh, conversation. You've come to the right man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's let's digress. <laughs> so so you know, I was I was inspired by by those guys. You know, especially the stuff that they put out in the '70s, because what I realized uh, was possible was to make really really long songs. You know, you didn't have to stick to the four-minute sort of. Uh, 
uh, traditional concept of, of songwriting, you know, and uh, I thought that was great. They were making songs that were like 30 minutes long. So I was, it, it wasn't so much that I, I didn't, I wasn't inspired by their music so much as I was just a fan of it, but I was inspired by the idea of breaking the rules and creating music uh, that was not necessarily very organic. It was more electronic. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started out. You know, I, I made a few records like that. And, and then in the two, you know, early 2000s, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I kind of got fed up with it. And I went, um, I, in a sense, I went back to the more sort of rock, uh, traditional way of songwriting, and I started programming the synthesizers, and we started using guitars. Um, I started singing, uh, you know, over my music and everything. So, you know, the uh, records like The Smell of Rain and The Garage were put out in that time, and The Great Deceiver and things like that. And um, a few years ago, I kind of went back to the, the roots. Uh, partially, I went back to my roots, and I'm still creating the sort of hybrid um, um, electronic slash metal crossover sort of industrial rock music that I started getting fairly good at making. I still do that, and I also um, so I kind of split myself in two. I split the atom, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and and just I kind of do both versions of Mortise now. Okay, the early the early and the uh, the later one. Okay. So yeah, in short, I guess that's my thirty-year story. And you also, I, I think, on your on your Instagram, um, you're also back with Emperor. Well, not back with him. I'm just going. I'm just going to uh, do a, a little bit of a, a guest appearance at, at this live streaming show that's in a, I don't know in a week and a half from now. Ah, okay. Um, I think a lot of people kind of got the wrong idea. I mean, I was looking at the comments. I'm like, oh fuck! I guess they think I'm back in the band. That's not the case. You know, I'm just going to me and Faust. You know, we we. We were together with, for a short period of time in 1992, it was me, Faust, Ishan, and Samoth that was Emperor, you know, for a little while. And uh, I, I guess a lot of people kind of consider that, I don't know, I don't want to, you know, get high on myself or anything like that. I mean, people, please don't get this the wrong way, but I think some people consider that to be kind of a classic lineup. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it's because the Dominion LP was made by us and then a few other songs and, and you know, some of those tracks became kind of timeless for Emperor, so... It, it was just sort of stamped in time, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's really just a matter of us uh, getting back together for a couple of songs um, in the middle of their live set, you know. But um, okay. I think I think uh, certain people out there, you know, some of these diehard fans are making a pretty big deal out of it. And I'm looking at the comments. and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but I was kind of half expecting that, you know. But, yeah, mm. it's not a reunion as such, no. Okay, I see, I see. So, um Okay, where, where to start? Um, so, what draw you initially to the music was kind of that it um, it was kind of the boundaries were were broken. So you were not uh, in in the boundaries of like a four minute song or something. And so this was the, the real first thing that that kind of appealed to you. Uh, we're talking about my early music now. Yep. Well, that was if that was the first music that appealed to me or, or no 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 um, because you, you said like uh, what you really you didn't like uh, the, the tangerine dream you didn't like the music so much you just no, no, like no, no. I, okay. I love the music oh, I absolutely sorry I got it wrong. the music you know okay. don't get me wrong i still listen to tangerine dream and you know i was uh, i was um lucky enough to catch tangerine tangerine dream live and i think in 2015 or maybe 2014 it was just a few months i think before edgar frosa actually passed away and they were doing um 
they were doing this uh, the old album Sorcerer, which was uh, an old soundtrack album mm-hmm. that they did back in one of their first soundtracks, maybe their first in 1977, I think. And it was for a movie made by the same guy that did uh, the Exorcist movie. And they were playing a show. They were like performing that record live in Copenhagen. And me and, uh, and Stefan Giroud from Apotheca Berserk and another friend of us, uh, we flew over just to catch that show, you know, and it had. Uh, Mobius, Moebius uh, was uh, one of the openers, and then Noy. Mm-hmm. So it was this, like, it was this amazing Berlin school sort of early seventies, you know, clash. It, it was like a, like a like a time capsule, I guess. You know, like it, a, def- it, it yeah. really was. You know, it was it was it was fantastic. It was a great fucking show, and um, and uh, you know, um, a few months later, you know, Edgar had passed away, and that was, you know, of course, very sad, but. You know, people get old, and it's mm-hmm. it's nature. You know, yeah, it I happens. Mean, exactly. This is, if you want to get it more philosophical, it's kind of what makes life so uh, so special. You know, because you can use uh, lose it. You know, if if uh, yeah. if there would be, it's not like like in a video game where you just have a you know another heart, and and when you go on, it's it's so fucking special because you can yeah. you can die, and that's why you know um, use your time and. Um, giving it back to you, you used your time quite quite nicely and and wisely. I'm um, okay. And now so, I'm dead. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't, please, please, don't die. Um, I, I think you you just no, no, don't, don't do that. But um, but we can maybe talk about this because you have um, you. I, I don't really know how to form this, and you know this is now the free floating conversation because I have no idea. Um, you you have a very strong visual style and i i personally don't really know what to make of it because it appeals to me but it also rejects me i mean you know I, i'm kind of I'm, i'm i'm you know it's kind of like both both things in in my soul at once it it's right. gorgeous pictures is it's very well you know your videos are really bombastic but what happens in there it's it's disgusting and and as i don't know i don't know how to how to you know i have a little theater background so i'm kind of like really like man he's playing with my emotions here and i don't really know what uh, what to to make of it so um what i really like on this you know and this is why we're talking so thank you for your time is um your art really It, it, there is more to it than just the music, you know, and there, there's a whole um, visual arc to it. Anyway, I mean, we can talk about the the mask thing as well. Um, so I, I'm just, I, I will just, and I don't get it, please, the wrong way. But um, you were just a bass player and and a metalhead and a singer, and and then you you get to how does it happen that you get from from let's say you know very basic handmade metal music to to such a um almost uh, you know very uh, filigran uh, uh, elaborate uh, um uh, you know like did you make a major in, in theater or something I, i don't i don't get it you know you're, you're from here to where and and like uh, in in no time how did it happen well it would I, you know, I was I was just as you were talking, I was thinking, well, it, that that it didn't happen overnight. Yeah, I, I thought so, you but know? I don't it, know it, the process. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it was all step by step, you know, um, once I left Emperor by by that point. I mean, you know, 
I was already very much into the visual end of things. I mean, even if you look at the emperor photos that I was in, I was always the guy that spent the longest in front of the mirror, you know, with, with the corpse paint and all that stuff. And the other guys were a little sloppier. I mean, they looked great, too. They had their style. I mean, I was a guy that fucking, you know, made sure it was all white and black and contrasted. And, and they tried to experiment with things. And, you know, I it's, it's pretty much a case of... Um, you know, as a four-year-old, you know, the only thing I knew was Elvis Presley and Gene Simmons. Mm -hmm. and, and those are two pretty fucking cool performers in, in their own field, you know. Mm -hmm. When you look at it, I mean, they're from two different generations, but, you know, they, they were kind of like entertainers. I don't know if I'm an entertainer in that sense, but they were very visual. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you look at Kiss, you know, and it was, yeah, it was clearly... Of course, of course. Kiss, was, yeah. Kiss obviously was a thing that it must have been controlled mainly at least visually and, and all the merchandise and all that all, all the cartoonish stuff that 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 they kind of turned into it must have been a, a brainchild of gene simmons all along i don't think the other guys did a whole lot other than just sort of you know uh mm. follow his lead you know yeah, yeah we were in it for, know, for, for, for the girls and for the for the fun uh but not so much yeah. for the yeah i get it yeah but, you know i I grew up with that, you know, and in Alice Cooper, you know, and uh, and in the 80s, uh, other big image bands came along like Wasp, you know, in the early days, Wasp were very fucking visual and, and uh, um, rougher around the edges, you know, than, than Kiss were with, with, you know, with the saw blades and the raw mm -hmm. meat and the blood and the torture rack on stage. And I probably picked up on that a lot. You know, they were my favorite band when I was about 10. And even even early Motley Crue, I mean, look, look, you know, if you if you buy Shout Out the Devil, as a gatefold album and you, and you open that thing up mm -hmm. it's like it's like the gates of hell with four cool dudes standing in front of fucking the inferno you know so it's very visual very powerful and I, that's what i grew up with you know and and i thought that's what fucking bands should look like mm -hmm. um in my world so no and I, i i really like that because this is um i i had this discussion with, with other bands where it's kind of like i get it that sometimes it's easy, you know, if you're just in jeans and in your T-shirt and then you go on stage, you know, you look exactly the same as you were in the audience, you know, and it is fine. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're like, I don't know, crunch or, or you know, any any rough neck stuff. But also, I think um, if it, it kind of shows to the audience that you take them seriously and that you want to put on a show that you want to uh, kind of entertain like like you said but i'm, I'm i will raise a question at the end of this because um anyway so uh, i also take it you you take the audience seriously you know you're not the the little child uh, um from you know uh, who stands in the audience and now he's he's on up there you know and hello mama you know you're, you're creating all your little friends here You're this beast of I don't know what, and you're, um, you, you know, you're, you're filling yeah, the stage, well, basically. Yeah, there's, there's, there's. Um, I definitely feel very different when I'm on stage, as because you get very, very self-conscious, and and um, I don't, I can't speak for anyone else, but I feel like I just sort of drift onto this different sort of level of existence, and it, it, it just get into that. You're very much aware of what you look like on stage and you're very much aware of what the stage looks like. And so you just kind of um, it's it's acting, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, you just go, okay, this is my reality now. You know, this is fucking me. And you project that onto the audience. Mm -hmm. And even even with the shows that I do with the sort of, um, you know, the non metal stuff, you know, that I've done so much. 
uh, and it's not a lot of action on stage, but it's still very visual. So you try to you communicate with other means, which is you know the visual sort of force field that that you that you hopefully have around you, mm-hmm. and try to project that onto the audience. You know. Yeah, and I I think you know um, what my theory is, and you can you can say uh, how how you think about it is that. Um, because you you know what what I sometimes hear uh, when you know the, the the guys who go on on stage with their jeans and their t-shirts they're like oh this is us you know this is how we look in real life and stuff but you know there was always the the thing what Lemmy said from Motorhead you know the guys don't go to a show to see the nice guy from the neighborhood they want the rock star so give them a show you know and yeah, I was gonna say Lemmy was very visual I mean nobody oh, yeah. looked like of, him of he course, had he, everything course. he did I think was very thought through and it was probably completely in, in harmony with his personality. Um, I think he was probably the exact same guy on and off stage, but let me, you know, as everybody knows, existed on a whole different fucking yeah. level from everyone else. That's for so, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, and uh, what, what I wanted to say is, um, so uh, I, I get their point that they want to be authentic. You know, that's kind of like a, a, a very important thing today that we, oh, we look like this because we're so authentic and da-da-da. But... What I what I think as a as a performer, and I think you are the say, you can say it uh, um, that you are still the person you are. You just uh, kind of make a part of you bigger. And this is the the uh, in German we would say Rampensau. You know the the guy who wants to be on stage and who wants to entertain. And you just enhance this part of you because um, it's it's still you, but it's just. Uh, the focus is on just one thing and not on the one, uh, you know, who's very self-conscious and you, you know, I don't know. And, and I guess you love your mother and stuff, you know, but this is not what's, what's important on stage. On stage is more like the, the raw person, you know, that you, that you, the entertainer, that you, that you fill the room. Even like you said, even if you stand alone on stage, you still can have a presence like you fill the whole thing, you know. Um, yeah. So. I guess it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's like you said. It's, it's it's that part of you that you want to project to people, and and uh, everything else. I mean, the, the, in my case, everything else just gets filtered out, and you become, mm-hmm. you know, what what you see is what you get. I mean, that is uh, completely the only thing that I am mm-hmm. when I'm on stage for that hour or whatever. You know, I'm not thinking about you know the shopping list for for next week or anything like that. I'm I'm thinking about the fucking dark nightmare that i'm trying to project onto people i mean that's mm-hmm. like sitting within that bubble for mm-hmm. that time at least you know exactly and, yeah. and this this brings me back you know full circle to this and so this is authentic because you are this in this moment you know you just enhance one certain particular strain of you you know because we are all different kind of persons in different environments you know you are I don't know. Um, you're a friend. You're uh, uh, um, uh, you know. You have different hats in different situations. And if you're on stage, you are the you know the thing. And now I'm coming to the question I I want uh, I wanted to ask because for me, this is actually. I get it that it's easy for you to slip into a role if you were a mask, you know, like you like you did. I don't know if you if you still do. Um, so it's kind of you're, you're no, hidden. I still, I still use it. Okay, you still use it. But um, yeah. coming from from a theatre background, um, for me, a mask is 
uh, a hindrance as well because you cannot emote so well because uh, I know your your mask is is a little bit better you know now uh, with that it's um, has facial things that you can really do something with it I guess um, mm. but yeah to a, to a degree I mean you know it's it's not it's not like a real face you know it doesn't have all the muscles and the little mm -hmm. things you know the little nuances of the face let's probably like ten thousand muscles just just in your Face yeah. alone, you know, that's not going to translate into the mask, but to, to a degree. But I mean, I'm used to it. I use I use my eyes a lot. It's just mm -hmm. uh, actually you can do a lot just with using your eyes, believe it or not. That sounds really lame, but, you know, no, there's a lot, it doesn't, of, there's a lot I, of communication I, right here. I, I completely understand that. This is this is, you know, the, the best actors who who don't I mean, you know, like you said, it's just the eyes, you know, I uh, um, if if you if you tone it down in in a way then every little thing becomes so much bigger you know if you have an empty yeah. stage and you just stand there and then you do this you know just just a movement of you know very deliberate and very you know, I, i completely get that it was just for me um coming from an acting standpoint it's yeah. it's always a little bit bad to kind of um take away the thing that you're working with, you know? I mean, you're absolutely right. You can do a lot of it for eyes, but um, you can also do, you know, uh, you, I mean, you, you can move your face. <laughs> you, yeah, you just said yeah. you have like 10,000 muscles, you you kind of hindering yourself a little bit with it. I suppose so, but I, you know, uh, I, I never really thought about it in the, in the sense that, oh, I wish I could uh, communicate more with my face. <laughs> uh, You know, uh, probably because I'm not an actor. I've never done drama or theater in any way. You know, I mean, I mean, as far as it's ever gone with me, it's been my videos. You know, mm -hmm. um, and there's so much other stuff going on in the videos that it's never been my face. has never, strangely enough, my face has not been the actual focus. I guess you know, there's, there's other things going on there. As yeah, you said, it's, it's, disgusting, terrible things. Exactly, disgusting, okay. terrible things. And and okay, yeah. good. So so we have cleared up this this point, but. Um, Still, I'm I'm a little bit fascinated that you um, that, that you that you create this this world for for your Mortis character so so seemingly well. You know, I I I'm, I I don't know your your circumstances, and of course, oh, I haven't told you this before we started. You know, whenever I ask you something that uh, it's inappropriate, okay, just gloss over it or something. But I'm I'm kind of just you know I want to look a little bit in your head because. I'm take me as, as a reference point. I have a job, I have a family, I have a hobby, and and you know this is one of my hobbies to talk with people I find interesting. Um, so, uh, how do you find the time to 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 create this vision, or how do you get it? You know, what books do you read, or um, to 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 get these ideas, or do you rely on other people? You know that you have a good. Um, Cinematog cinematographer, a, a good uh, video person who kind of comes to you, hey, I have this idea. How, how do you do it? Um, I, th I think it's a more matter of, of about 30 years now of just cultivating my mind to constantly work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of time in between doing things where you can just let your mind roam and... You know, whenever I drive my car or on, on the way to, because I have just the things you described, you know, uh, a job, kids, family and all that stuff. I have all that stuff, too, you know, mm -hmm. 
But there, there's a lot of these moments in between all the craziness of, mm-hmm. of driving kids to school and picking them up at school, driving to work and, and staying at work and, and then and all that stuff where, where the brain can just, you know, if you cultivate your mind, it might take you a while. Uh, but after, after a few years, it just it just works on its own, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, take notes. <laughs> that, that's 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 a really big, uh, you know, I use my iPhone that the one app I use the most on my phone is that little text mm-hmm. app, you know, mm-hmm. where we just that little uh, to do list uh, app, whatever the fuck is called text mm-hmm. or whatever. I can't remember that. There's like a hundred fucking notes in there at all times where I, I just write down like little things that I don't have to think about. I can just look that up later mm-hmm. and uh, I'll transfer that into my Mac and on, onto bigger lists and, and I'll just collect it. And it, and a lot of times, and, and I do the same thing with music, just little melodies and get it down fast and then I'll just store it away. And they might be forgotten for 10 years. That's happening a lot now. I'll dig something out. Oh fuck, I made that in what, 2009? You know, that's cool. So I'll just work on that now. So there's this big stockpile of little fucking um, fragments mm-hmm. of uh, musical ideas or, you know, visual ideas. We'll try this. Maybe, maybe it would be cool to take have a photo shoot with 10 pigs, you know, because that might fucking look crazy. Okay, okay. Why, why, why not? <laughs> so, why not? You know, yeah, why, why not? Of course. It's a fantastic um, metaphor. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear something what you haven't said in in there, and this is uh, a little bit, um, I think, the the curse of of our current um, uh, situation we are in, because what I feel often, I'm also a little bit older, um, that people don't, of of a youth, you know, I don't want to bash on all of them or something, but it's kind of very hard to get bored these days you know to to let your mind wander so you have perfected this as you said you know that you have when you drive and you do do you let your mind wander because yeah. most people i see today they are standing on a on a bus stop and waiting for the bus and the bus comes in three minutes so they get out their phone and and play a game or uh, make a make a selfie or you know do whatever but they don't get bored and i I, I, I kind of uh, saw this coming uh, a, a while ago, and so I'm, I'm kind of taking deliberate steps to not take my phone with me, to, to go on hikes and, and uh, you know, just get bored once in a while. Just sit somewhere uh, in a waiting room, you know, when I, I don't know, when I go to the doctor or something, and don't read something, just look around, look at other people and see what they're doing, letting my mind wander. This is this is the thing what you have seemingly cultivated, that you that you can let your mind go. And I see a big problem these days that the, the younger generation has trouble to let their mind go because there are so many things that's competing for their eyeballs. So um You know, it's it's very funny because when you know while while I'm talking, I'm also thinking the youth has always been bashed. You know, like 2,000 years ago, there was uh, one of the philosophers says, yeah. oh, "The youth is so rotten, and we're never." You know, so so this is kind of I'm doing the same like like 2,000 years ago. So um, oh, yeah. and I don't yeah. think it's lost because for me it's kind of like the pendulum swings in one direction and then it swings back. You know, so there's always uh, an an anti. Anti anti movement anti is German sorry anti movement, um, so yeah. But as I, 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 I do that a lot, I, 
yeah, I've gotten to that age where I go like these fucking kids, you know, and I, <laughs> yes. I, I sound, I sound like an old it. man, you know, and uh, I don't really know why that is, but um, I remind myself about it like many times, like, dude, it's not that long ago you were one of those kids, you know, time flies pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you, you know, you, you try to understand them and, uh, you know, um, sort of let, let kids be kids and, and, and stuff like that. But, um, I fucking hate the music, man, that they listen to. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And, 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 and this this probably makes me sound really old because I remember my teacher back when I was like in sixth grade, you know, and, and, and some of the girls in my class, they were they were playing Madonna because she was like the biggest pop star at the time, you know, and he mm-hmm. actually and he asked, like, what's this infernal noise? And we're okay. talking about Madonna, and that it's like pop music, you know. And I'm thinking, like, you should hear the fucking stuff I'm listening to, you know, because I was into Slayer and stuff back in '87, mm-hmm. '88, you know. I was, I'm thinking, like, dude, you don't know a fucking thing. But I'm kind of turning into him. Mm-hmm. It's, you know? it's un, un, in, inevitable, un, inevitable. That's that's the word. But I hate it's, that. It fucking yeah, me sucks, too, me know? too. But but uh, yeah. you know, you already you already uh, you caught it. So you can still go against it, you know. That's that's the, yeah. the, the good thing. You don't have to um, stick with it. I mean, you still can find a force against. Because I try to the same. I, I don't know about. Um, you, okay, I don't want to go too private or something. But I have also my wife. She really likes K-pop, and I have no idea what. I, I mean, I know what K-pop is, but K-pop it, is so like TikTok music yeah this is shit. Korean Korean pop and but it's you know all <laughs> casting uh, uh, you know these boy bands are all cast and and this is kind of they're absolutely I don't know it's just good looking boys singing same sh- shit no okay you, you, you cursed I can curse as well the same shit as all the others and there is no real I don't know there is no this discernation my point is i i got it here at home so i have to deal with it too so but this kind of helps me to to be grounded a little bit because yeah i mean everyone has his own taste you know and your taste is different than my taste and but but doesn't doesn't make it better or worse this is what i have to tell me but you might not know that i'm also a radio dj and in this um in this category if i wear this hat i have to be a little bit more strict because i like a lot of different music you know i like madonna for example i like pop music um but for my radio show i need to be more specific because it's more gothic industrial metal and and dark wave um and if i would allow everything what i really like then it would be all over the place it's already all over the place you know it's kind of a a mixed bag thing you would lose the crowd man pardon, pardon me you probably lose your audience, you know, exactly. because it, it wouldn't be predictable. People need for things to be a little bit predictable. Unfortunately, you know, as yeah. an artist, I, I don't like that. But I, you know, that my business brain, my commercial brain understands that people need uh, predictability. And, mm. um, you know, especially on the radio, I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is... Um... So, so I anyway. So I I have to judge sometimes music, um, you know, if it's good enough or if I like it or not. And and yeah. you said something in the beginning that um, it sounded like you also have to deal with um, like with your branding because you you have like two. St- 
different sets of music you're doing now. You're doing the electronic music and you're also doing with sounds very intriguing because, you know, I'm a big ministry fan. So for me, this was the greatest revelation when, you know, electronic yeah. with metal guitars. This is exactly my kind of thing. Um, so I've, rip, I've ripped off Al Jorgensen a few times. Well, Good. I'm trying. I mean, <laughs> Why I mean, not? That's, that's, that's another Lemmy level personality, you know what I mean? So oh, yeah, he's still alive. He's still around. Like mm. You can try, but mm. it's not easy. Um, so, so uh, no, my my question would would be a little bit. So, how do you deal with with it? Because you you just. Um, talked about um branding you need to put a stamp on it that people know what it is that you that you kind of um don't um disgruntle your audience you know that you kind of uh, be a little bit consistent but still grow as an artist because i can imagine as an artist it's kind of annoying if you have to kind of put out the same like acdc you know it's, i would i would die if i would be in acdc i mean it's cool you know a lot of money and whatever you'd be, yeah, you'd, you'd be rich man i think you're yeah happy. okay yeah you're right maybe, maybe i wouldn't die but it's kind of like i just i just try to get into mind of these people you know if they go on tour and they're playing the same songs we play for 30 years i i i, I mean they can play it in their sleep i'm pretty sure but it's yeah It wouldn't, I, I mean, it would be, I, I think I wouldn't be really fulfilled as an artist. No, I mean, I love ACDC, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, um, I, I, I have so many, like, like, you know, the way my brain just works is that, you know, I, I've got more than, um, I just want to do more than just sort of like walk in one direction. I want to be able to walk in a few different directions to see what happens. Uh, and that's what I've done, you know, for the past 30 years, especially the past 20 years. You know, um, I've, I've actually been more experimental, I feel. And um, but, you know, I, th I think, you know, I don't like the, the term fans, but I'm, I'm going to use it. I, I guess my fans and I, I, I've talked to people about this recently uh, quite quite a lot. And I think uh, at this point, you know, my fans uh, that do follow me hardcore, so to speak, They, they know they know what I do now you know they, they know that the next album may not sound the way the previous one did mm -hmm. and it's um, I feel like it's becoming more and more accepted um, back in the old days you know when um, when one album differed greatly from the previous one I mean you know you could see people get a little pissed off and stuff mm -hmm. like that I always thought that was ridiculous because like you know the it's like they have some kind of ownership over me I mean that's fucking uh, that's pretty goddamn unfair you know um, I've always stated that first and foremost, I make music for myself and maybe, maybe to some degree that is, uh, selfish. Um, but the fact is I don't really, I don't make a living off of my music. I'm not able to do that. I mean, it's a very nice side income, mm -hmm. uh, especially, especially when we can play concerts. I mean, right now things are very strange and weird, you know, mm -hmm. but I still have income from it, but it's just a, a lot less than it's, it normally is. But You know, uh, the way I feel is, you know, as, as long as at least as long as I can't even make a living off of it, let me do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if my fans one day would be so if they would multiply and become many, many more than they are now and they would literally pay my wages and my life, then perhaps they would have more of a more of a say they have they have more stock in me mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. maybe i would feel more obliged to kind of like okay you guys are really supporting me now and i'm actually fucking making a ton of money maybe i should consider 
you know, uh, looking at what you want from me. But that that's uh, even saying that sounds bizarre to me because yeah. I've never done that. You know, um, I'm just throwing my thoughts out there. But um, as it stands, I do. I, I follow my ideas and my um, instincts as in terms of what I feel is going to be really good music. Mm hmm. And uh, that's what I've always done. And uh, it's been working out pretty well. You know, people now seem to have gotten used to that. So, you know. Yeah. And I, I, that, I think I think this is also, you know, uh, you, you touched on an important point. This is kind of um, and this goes with his fan service. If you're not happy in, in doing the music, you have to play live. You know, you cannot really you you, you cannot if you cannot stand behind the music you're playing i mean i'm pretty sure you have songs you like more and songs you like less you know and it, it yeah, will yeah. change you know you change the music um evolves and stuff so so it's it's normal but um i i could not imagine how how you would feel when when you're playing music you're just doing okay and this one is for i don't know uh, a special request from this person and now i play i don't know this is uh this would yeah, sound I've never sad. done that. that. That's like that's for weddings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Special um, requests. Mm -hmm. Fuck that, man. Yeah, I, no, I've never done that. I mean, I, I, I decide what I'm gonna play live, and and that's normally worked out. You know, I mean, I, I think like a couple times some people go like, you didn't play that song, or some shit like that. And I'm like, well, fuck. It. Mm -hmm. So what? I mean, you know, I, mm -hmm. I did it like eight tours previously. I mean, why didn't you come to that show? You know, so. Mm, Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm the boss. As <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, and and it's 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 because yeah, I I think what people don't uh, understand or the fans might not understand is kind of. Um, You need to be happy with it, you know, and if you're just going through emotions and this is a little bit like I don't want to say ACDC is doing that, you know, but I can I personally cannot imagine when you're playing the same song for 30 years that you feel absolutely fresh and, and you know, that you're kind of uh, punchy and oh, yeah, you want to kill with this song. Some, maybe. How, how, but, do you think, um, how do you think Tomi Ayomi feels about Paranoid, really? Uh, he must be so fucking tired of that song. I'm pretty sure he is. He And is. He must have played it like way more than any other Black Sabbath member because he's always been in Black Sabbath. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think. Do you think there's a single show Tomiomi ever did since 1970 that didn't include Paranoid? I I don't think so. You're right. Or Iron right. Man. You know, it's like mm -hmm. he must be fucking losing mm -hmm. his mind because of that. It's a fantastic song, but I've never played it live. I've just listened to it. Mm. You know, I haven't played it live. I mean, you know, he's been, it's like fucking 50 years old. Yeah. I'm sure he's played it like a million times. So. Yeah. And, 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 oh, and here I, I realize, in, I, I realize in my head that what you said earlier, you know, I think the, the people here have a, have a stake in it. It's kind of like for me, these songs are like a like a like a monument you know they are, they are belong to the public they're not his anymore you know they're kind of like they're they're in in pop culture they're um they're beyond the artist you know they're they're in public domain or however you want to call it they are like um you're right I, here i have to admit i would kind of if i would go to a black sabbath concert and it wouldn't be I, I would be like, there's something missing, you know, there's like, uh, like he would play it without legs or I don't know what, you know, it's kind well, of like. Even, uh, 
I think even going to like an Ozzy Osbourne concert, you would almost expect him to play to, to play Paranoid too. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Or a show without Crazy Train or some some classic Ozzy song, you know. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's like you said. I mean, uh, I think it, it just transcends everything that uh, you can imagine, you know. And then and people would just completely find it. It's natural. You have to play it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know you're right. So, but but back to you. So, how do you decide what you play? Or um, I, I guess you have to um, to to rehearse what you have to play, so you're not so free because you have a big back catalog. So basically, you can you know you can I don't know how long you could play. You could play for hours. Um, so how do you decide which one you want to play? Of course, most likely the new material, but. Um, also what you know your classics how, how do you decide that it, it really depends on the kind of concept uh, of the show i mean these days i i'm touring uh i'm playing live as a solo artist you know back in the earlier a few years back when 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 mortis was um focused on the sort of um crossover industrial rock it was a band mm -hmm. so so obviously you're focused on on those songs um And at that point, it was, uh, you know, for that type of show, it, we kind of just, uh, I guess we just had a conversation on the phone or something like that. Well, what songs should we do? And it's, it's pretty, pretty clear cut. You know, you, you take the songs you like yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and thankfully, those are usually the ones that work the best live. And then, then occasionally, you know, you, you'll pick out a couple of songs that you like and that the crowd doesn't get at all. And it's just like, oh, fuck, I guess they didn't understand that. It's, it's like. I love this song, but nobody else likes it. Mm -hmm. That happens. Um, but that was in a band version of Mortis, you know, with uh, when we rip off Ministry and those guys and and um, um, and that stuff. So, but right now it's it's a solo shit, you know. With and that's when I use the mask when I do this proper solo mm -hmm. material, which is more. Um, it sounds more like my early stuff, you know, very sort of synthesizer based and, and sort of dark symphonic and epic and, and very atmospheric and things like that. So um, and those are uh, a lot of those songs are really old. You know, that takes us back to the beginning of the conversation when I was mm -hmm. talking about Berlin school stuff. And so it's like two songs can be an hour. So it's like mm. uh, the last couple of years, I've simply toured the latest album. So it's like a concept show i'm performing the record mm. so that's very easy you know there, there there's really no thought into going into that it's not like it to sit down and decide the songs it's obviously just the album and, and you also yeah. have the set list is also exactly uh like uh, the album you know from from yeah. beginning to to end okay uh every minute is the same mm. I see. you know completely this is the record mm. but it's live Okay. Okay. With backing tracks, of course, because it's just me. You know, I mean, there's there's no re reason to pretend that there's no backing tracks. You know, that happens mm -hmm. in electronic music. Unless you want to put yeah. like fucking 25 people on stage. Yeah. No, I, I think this is always funny. You know, I'm I'm talking with with a lot of different artists, and of course, you know, as I'm interested in dark wave, and I know dark wave has a lot of backing tracks. So sometimes That's a lot just... of programming. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's it's fine, you know. I talked with one guy, and and he said, yeah, it's always the same, you know, like like you you and he just puts on, and then he sings, and 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 you know, does uh, it it also yeah. frees you in a bit, you know. And in the beginning, I have to admit because I have also a, I'm a bass player as well, and uh, you know, I have a back back uh, background with you know normal 
uh, handmade music. So I was like, oh, this is cheating and stuff. But yeah. once you realize, and I guess you can allude to this as well, um, it's not easy to perform to a backing track, first of all, to, to bring it to life. And also you have to be on time all the time. You know, it's not yeah, like... There's like there's there's a, a pros and cons, you know, to to performing to a backing track, you know, advantages and then disadvantages. Um, the advantage being, of course, that the the backing track will not make mistakes. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll sound tight. Of course, if if the programming is good from the beginning, of course, if you're a shitty programmer and you've produced a shitty fucking okay. set of backing tracks, it's going to sound like shit every night because it's the same thing. Um, the disadvantage of the whole thing is that there are techn technological risks. You know, you could have a computer that crashes, and that'll be mm -hmm. very embarrassing. Um, and, all, and all those types of things. And, and the other thing is, uh, the backing tracks will not wait for you. If, if the organic band that plays along with this mm -hmm. um, fucks up or some, some, some equipment mal malfunctions or, or something happens, that backing track, man, will just keep fucking going. Because mm -hmm. it's not a person. You know, yeah, no, no, so and, it's uh, and so you, you do run risks, man. So, you, you, you know, uh, you really kind of have to. And I'm not gonna sound, I'm not trying to sound like I'm a technological genius, but I, I got some experience with it now. Um, you kind of need to know what you're doing, and and um, uh, you really need to bring backups. I've, I've met so many bands and artists, you know, that that have been opening for us and and that have problems, you know, that they can't get their fucking um. You know, they can't get their computer, whatever they use to work and it's crashing and there's like this no sound and yada, yada, yada. And, and they have no backups, man. Mm -hmm. You know, no. I bring, I, we used to bring like at least two laptops and then like we would burn CDs backups. We would fucking put it in, in the cloud. Mm -hmm. the, you know, like four backup number four, backup number five, and then like a flash stick. You know, it's like mm -hmm. everything just backup, mm -hmm. backup, backup, because we've made all those mistakes. Exactly. No, I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you. This is this is one yeah. of the reasons, you know, I, I started also um, with, uh, you know, I have a solo thing as well. So I, I need to use back, uh, um, backing tracks as well. And I didn't want I have it, but I, I don't need to show you. I, I, I specifically didn't want it to have um, a computer on stage because exactly because of that. Because when, you know, when there's an update, it brrr, boom, everything closes up and stuff. Oh, you, you have to dis, you have to disable all the internet yeah. stuff. I mean, all that shit, like anything that's not being used is disable it. You know, you got to get rid of it. He's I leaving a, now. I, what? <laughs> I was just talking to whoever's watching. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, here I, I had a, a um, you know, this is kind of because I, I wanted to, to have some um, MIDI outputs. And, and this yeah. is an LP16. So you have like 16, uh, um, um, I don't know if you see that. Uh, well, it's like line outputs. Yeah, exactly. Line yeah. outputs. Yeah. And yeah. then you have uh, um, also um, MIDI yeah, outs. And, yeah. and so you, you can also, you know, you can play uh, uh, programmed MIDIs uh, live to your to your tracks. And, and then you, you know, can kind of like, you know, the, the typical MIDI stuff you can do there. And, oh, like um, filter sweeps. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, the, yeah. the, and, and look cool without doing yeah. anything because you're always on time and stuff. This is good. And, yeah. and this I, I specifically bought because I didn't want it to have a laptop on, on stage because I, I I'm really hate laptops on stage. But uh, yeah, uh, anyway. yeah it, it looks it looks terrible. Um, I mean, they're very practical. I mean, for 
a couple of reasons. I mean, one is that they have the big screen as opposed to the unit you showed me. It probably has mm -hmm. a small screen. Yeah, yeah, it's it like, a small screen. Yeah, and you, you got to flip through like 55 parameters yeah. to find what you... I hate that stuff. And But um, the cool thing about these laptops, they don't have to be visible. I mean, that's the last fucking thing you want. I mean, you'll figure out, like, if you have a bit of a visual state setup, you can hide it. Mm -hmm. Hide it behind a fucking drummer or have it on the side of the stage. If you have a crew guy that can... Take, you know, watch it for you. We just just hide it behind something so it's not visible. You know, it's not it's not really that hard. And I th I see a lot of bands like they just have their laptop. It's like this big Apple logo, fucking lighted mm -hmm. up on the middle of the station. It's, it just looks fucking. I guess like with craft work, it's okay because mm -hmm. they built a career on being electronic. You know what I mean? So it's like with those guys, you kind of expect it, but. Um, with almost anyone else, man. I mean, I I I feel like it just looks really lame. Yeah, and, and I'm, I, I'm still not, I you know, I don't mind. I, I'm not going to tell other people what we have to do and not to do. But I always would look for not a laptop on stage. Just because, you know, all the updates would come in. And, and yeah, like you said, with a logo or, um, you know, sometimes often they're very fragile. Uh, you know, you, you kick them yeah. over and, and, you know, they break. And, well, and, yeah, uh, um, you know, that... If, if that happens, you only do it once, you know, and mm -hmm. the next time you figure out a way to avoid that, uh, the, the water and especially with us, when we played industrial rock, we were very, it was almost like a violent stage show. I mean, I, I broke my guitarist rib several times. I attacked him on stage and wow. we destroyed equipment and yeah, it was very You're a rock fun. star. <laughs> <laughs> and there was water flying everywhere. And there's so like, after every show, I was like, I hope that laptop is still alive you know, and, and other mm -hmm. electronic equipment. But, you know, you, you hide it, you stow it away certain mm -hmm. places. Like a lot of times the drum, what we found out was the best way to trigger each song uh, because we have the click tracks and everything mm -hmm. that goes like uh, through different channels straight to the drummer's in-ear system and all that stuff. And well, just keep the shit, all that um, fragile uh, equipment, just keep it back with where the drummer is because he's kind of, he's protected by, by the drum kit and the cymbals. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of in the cage, you know? Um, yep. So, and he's in the back, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and you just stow the laptop into like a, maybe like a flight case, which is like this big square thing, you know, and you, with a shelf and you could shove it in there and he's the only guy that can ever see it. Mm -hmm. And it's protected. You, you could throw microphone stands this way. It probably wouldn't even hit the laptop. Because that's sort of framed inside the wooden flight case. While you're while you're on the subject, because this is one of the things where I like to ask, um, um, you know, uh, this is one of my standard questions. Let's put it this way: um, as as you were just talking about um, live setup, um, and you you had like six or seven tours, right? That I've done. Yeah, like six, seven. Tours? Nah, I must have done like 20 tours. I mean, I don't even Ooh. know how many tours I've done. I've been fucking all over. Okay, yeah. but but this, this is good for my next question because um, what is the, and keep it maybe PG-13, what was the most funny thing what happened to you on stage or off stage or on the on the way to, to a venue or something, you know, some some tour antics you can share with, uh, with the audience? Um... I th like a really embarrassing thing that happened was um, th this was rather recently. I was in, on doing a tour of Australia a couple of years ago, 
And I think it was in Sydney and we had sold out. And there were like hundreds of people. It was a very successful show in that sense. It was either Sydney or Melbourne. And uh, I was doing my solo thing, which is very visual. You know, I had the big, um, the big sort of video background, you know, with very cool visuals going on, very atmospheric. And and um, I, I do use a laptop even there, but you can't see it because I built this sort of steampunky looking, almost like a, it looks like an old organ that I'm playing, you know, and it's painted really cool. And it's got like mm-hmm. iron things on it. And it's this very sort of steampunky, bronzy, black, reddish. Mm-hmm. And, um, and inside of that, I mean, I've got all the little knickknacks that I used, you know, to trigger the music and to play, you know, you got the keyboard controller and all that stuff, you know, all the shit that people don't really need to see. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it kind of opens up like, like, you know, those old like organs, it's got this lid that kind of opens up and then opens up again, you know, it looks oh, fucking yeah. mm-hmm. great, you know? And, but the thing is it gets front heavy and I've been adding all these fucking things to it. And I, I took out all the inners. It was an old organ originally. Actually, I took out all the stuff. So it's really just a frame with a bunch of stuff in, inside of it. And all of a sudden, the front just breaks off okay. in the middle of the show. And there's this massive fucking noise. It's like a big crack. And all of a sudden, I'm standing there, you know, with nothing protecting, not, nothing to hide any of my gear. So I'm standing there in front of all hundreds and hundreds of people with this fucking thing f- f- on the floor. And I'm standing there with a little keyboard and a laptop <laughs> and the mask and everything is everything's just running. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, except the sound only comes out on front of house on the left side now because the fucking thing fell down and it chopped one of those um, one of the cables going into the DIs, mm-hmm. which is straight out the front of house, basically. Oh, it man. chopped that fucking cable in two. So there's a massive noise. I'm standing there with a goddamn laptop. And there's no, there's only sound coming out on the left side, side, side of the fucking front of house, you know. And, um, I mean, I, I had a crew guy with me and he acted very fast. And he was able to build some stuff in front of me really quickly. And then the technicians, I, I guess, within like two or three minutes were able to figure out what had happened and replaced the, the cable, all this, I, was, I just kept playing. I was like, just for about 10 seconds, I was like, fuck, should I just stop it and, and, and start over? Mm-hmm. That would kill, that would kill everything. You know, that's yeah, like, this, a, this a is really, that, I mean, <laughs> this is very professional to, to keep on doing because I think every, everyone else would have been like, oh, oh okay, um, we need to start over. Well, dude, my, my, my mind was my brain was melting. I was panicking inside, but that's the one time when you just, that's a good thing to have a mask on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it couldn't really tell how fucking freaked out. I was complete. I was thinking this is the most embarrassing moment. And so I can't think of a more embarrassing moment in recent times, mm. you know, because when you have that mask, and that kind of image, it's very, um, it is very fragile in the sense that if something goes wrong, it's a lot more embarrassing for a guy that tries to look that cool. As it would be for a guy in a in a pair of shorts and an ACDC t-shirt. If something goes wrong, he's just like, "Oh, sorry, guys, let's just fucking mm-hmm. start." You can't really do that with with all that imagery and all that visual shit. Mm-hmm. You know, you're supposed to be like this untouchable entity, you know, and yeah. that's sort of part of the whole thing. So when that happened, I was like, "Oh fuck, man! I 
I can never come back to Sydney again. <laughs> but I think it worked out great. And I talked to some people. And I don't think anybody really minded. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. I've never I've never seen anybody laugh. I don't, I'm sure somebody had a good laugh. I mean, they must have had it because it must have looked ridiculous. Mm. But strangely enough, I never really heard about it afterwards. And uh, yeah, we can we, we got the show, you know, we, we, we did it. And uh, I guess there were about 10 very awkward minutes in total. And um, the next day we had a big uh, repair job, you know, to get that thing fixed back together. Mm-hmm. It broke. It literally broke in half. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah no, this is, um, you know, I asked you earlier with, with a mask because um, I can understand in, 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 in a way it's kind of shielding you. It's kind of, uh, you know, like an armor. It's uh, it kind of uh, makes it easier to also, you know, literally get into the character because you you become the character easier so let, like uh, you know when when um actors put on uh, certain clothes and costumes and stuff so it makes it easier to trans you know to be that person they're they kind of supposed to be um yeah but but yeah it's kind of also uh i never thought that that it would also show your vulner- vulnerability but i guess you know this is if it's if it's well lit and you know there's the stage smoke and stuff then it really looks cool but then uh, you know something happens and they flip on the lights and you're like Ooh. yeah <laughs> then you're like oh <laughs> you almost make it it's 10 times worse than yeah, if you I, I imagine. anyone that doesn't really have a very strong visual presence mm-hmm. it become it, it just becomes very uh, i don't know yeah you, you you really show how how vulnerable it can it can become Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a far fall from from the sort of pedestal that you put yourself on when you have all that imagery um, to, down to the floor. It's, it's it's hard, fast, and embarrassing as fuck. You know? <laughs> so, um, but oh, thankfully, man. it doesn't happen often. But you know, mm. it, you would be naive, I think, to think that uh, that occasionally it wouldn't happen. It will happen now and then. Something, mm-hmm. some technical disaster is is going to happen. It happens to everyone. You know, everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. So and that that was one of mine. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. One, yeah, but I, I think you have been asked this um, too often. So, uh, w- how to come up with with a, with a, a character of Morty's? Um, I still don't really know what it is. Uh, it looks really cool, but you know, it's uh, it's kind of. You also have a, a full com- uh, a body thing on, right? It's it's also you have like a bodysuit. When when you when yeah, you do the... I mean, um, well, I do have like stage clothes, mm-hmm. if that's what you mean. Um, yeah, sometimes it looks like you you are you're like like um, I don't know uh, like like you're naked, but I'm pretty sure you're not naked. Um, so it looks like you have no. a body bodysuit on or something. No, I, I no, I never had a bodysuit. Um, but I mean, sometimes. The thing about those types of clothes, they don't look that great if you just have a T-shirt underneath. It's, it's you know, it's, it's okay. a bit like you got to go full, full, mm-hmm. um, you know, the full nine yards on it. I mean, the only thing that's going to look good with this outfit is basically uh, not wearing almost anything else underneath, you know, except for like maybe some tights or something like that. Okay. And that, that can get pretty fucking cold when you have certain photos, <laughs> you know, like, like um yeah you you're, yeah, in, the, you're in the north you're in sweden or norway you know uh, you live in norway so, yeah. yeah yeah now you're in norway but you also see this is what okay i'm gonna ask you, go go ahead and then i'm gonna ask you 
I was just, no, I was just going to you know mention that it gets really cold. I mean, especially during those videos because they were made it in the winter up in Finland and hours and hours in these like really cold like factories and things like that, you know, in December, January. And it was fucking terrible. And uh, we had this, it turned out to be a fucking awesome video shoot that we had. I mean, um, well, the video shoots were awesome too, but there was this really cool photo shoot that I had in Iceland, in the volcanic plains of Iceland. Um, and that was right before I did a show there. And I flew over like a day before and I brought a photographer out there and I paid for all of that because I'm thinking this is the old, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, uh, to go into one of those environments that I've always wanted to take photos in. And uh, we spent a whole day out there and from like seven in the morning, you know, and it gets fucking windy and cold in that mm. place. Yep, uh, this was also in December, I think, December of 2019 or something like that. It was right before the I went on a U.S. tour right after that. And I came home two weeks later. The pandemic started, you know, mm. so um, it at, was least lucky you got, at least you got your tour down, you know, at least you, I got, you the tour, hmm. I got the tour down. If that tour had been booked like maybe three or four weeks later, <clears throat> it would have been canceled the whole thing. Hmm. And that would have been a fucking financial disaster, man. Hmm. Because you put some money, you put a lot of money into tours in advance. You know, you invest a ton of money in, in merchandise and tickets and, and, and you rent vehicles and you book hotels. All that stuff happens weeks and weeks ahead of the tour. Mm-hmm. So you put a lot of money into it, you know, before you even get on the plane, you know. And and uh, for, this, for this is a, maybe a little bit um, a, a delicate question, but it's your money or do you have a, like a touring agency or a label who, who fronts the money? It's, uh, you don't have um, to answer the question if you don't want to. No, 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 no. That's part of the business. I mean, I, I have agents, you know, for touring agents. I mean, at least I used to have them. I mean, they might be bankrupt by now. Who knows? But um, and I have a manager and he kind of controls that stuff. Uh, I haven't really worked a lot with record labels for many, many years. I, I've been very independent. Yeah, in you had your own, you had your dungeon, uh, what was it, dungeon music? Well, that was back in the 90s. I had a label called Dark Dungeon Music. Dark now um, I have a thing called Omnipresence, which is a, a logo, really. I, I, don't, I don't really release my own records. I license out, you know. Mm. The, whole, the whole point of that is to never again lose the rights to my music. I mean, there are records that I have made that I will never own the rights to again because I signed a terrible satanic deal made in hell. Wow. You know, uh, yeah, it's terrible. Absolutely fucking horrendous. And uh, But yeah, as far as the money invested in tours, you could say it's my money because basically what, you know, uh, a manager slash an agent's job is to book shows and, and negotiate the fees for the show and mm-hmm. um, once the tour is booked you set up a budget you know and, and you add up all the income and the idea is for you to be experienced and smart enough to also know about all the expenses so you have to put that into the same uh, budget sheet you know and then it's really a very easy well not easy but it's a simple matter of, of uh, equations you know yeah, exactly uh, take a look at all the like, uh, yeah, what, what comes balance. in and, and yeah exactly so you have to balance the yeah. equilibrium here i got it so um all the money coming in is mine but all the expenses going out are also mine i see mm. you know so um and then of course you have to invest something in advance such as booking hotels booking the the, the vehicles that you travel around and booking the flight tickets and in the case of, for example, the United States, you have to get the work visas, which are very fucking expensive, and it takes forever to get them. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of expenses. I see. 
Um, you you just mentioned that, um, and this is maybe this is where I'm just really stupid or so. Um, you said you you license your music out for for pressing or vinyl or whatever. What 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 is it? I mean, I I I haven't heard this before, but. Uh, I, you know, I, I talk with artists because today it's easy to, to distribute your music on your own. You know, you don't need yeah. a label or you make your own label or whatever. But what, but is licensing, 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 oh, licensing means that you, um, either for a certain territory or the whole world that, that can be, um, negotiated in the contract. Um, it means that you basically give a record label the right to release your records for a certain period of time and let's say it's for five uh, years okay okay so it's when, like when those five years okay. are over the, the rights go back to you or you, you renegotiate for another mm -hmm. few years if they did a great job it's um i'm not an expert at this but um the great thing about licensing uh is that if if the label that you work with happen to do a really fucking terrible job you get it back earlier that, oh, well thank mm. god in a couple of years the rights mm. go back to me and i can try again you know so, I mean, that's that's um, in very basic terms. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how it works. I mean, I'm sure a licensing deal could probably be very complicated and and terrible as well. But um, at least it's better than an artist deal, which I think is what they call it, which is like a more traditional record deal. Uh, can often be a case of you never seeing the rights to your music ever again because they will hold on. The record label will uh, they will pay for the recording of the album. Mm-hmm. And uh, since they do that, they are take in 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 fact they do take a certain risk by paying for that because you never know if they're going to make their money back. So they do take a certain risk, but I mean, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, they sometimes they will keep the rights forever. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. So, uh, no, but I mean, this this yeah. we're in, in a lucky position. This today, you know, you don't need a label for that. You can you can record it on on your own, and you know, if if you want to spend in some more money, you can get it mixed and and mastered properly and stuff. So this is yeah. this is the good thing today. And here, you know, the radio DJ is speaking again because it's the good thing and the bad thing <laughs> because today everyone can make music, and everyone makes music, you know, and you can imagine yeah. I get a avalanche of not so good music let's put it politely I, I i can imagine that you know i mean this the thing about record labels i'm not gonna i'm not gonna slag them off completely there are there are advantages to being signed with a proper record label and and by proper i mean a record label that's been around for some time that has a bit of money in the bank and 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 what they've done uh, a real record label will have um accumulated a really nice network of contacts you know mm -hmm. for which yep. they will use for promotion you know to, to get in touch with people like you you know to mm -hmm. play the music and magazines and you know all kinds of uh, online mags and, and even the few print mags that are still left and, and the djs around you know the radio djs and the club djs and, and all that stuff and uh, most artists wouldn't know where the fuck to begin mm -hmm. In, in terms of self-promotion. I mean, I've, I've done that sometimes when I've really done it DIY, you know, do it mm -hmm. yourself. Yep. Um, I've hired some some promo people, like Heartbeat Propaganda over in Germany, you know, um, Eric Burton and those guys, you know, that I've known since, um, since I was signed to a label and I met them and I always kept those guys in the back of my head because I thought they might be useful to know. <laughs> Good, yeah. You know? <laughs> but, but, but you have to pay for it. No, and, and so. this is actually a good point you're, you're making. Um, this is really uh, 
networking is the key is almost the key in every profession you know the, the, the more yeah. people you know and and uh, also you know this is this is actually where, where you come in and, and this is so nice for me because i'm a very small someone you know i I'm, i'm i don't have a big audience i have a little audience but it's it's really nice that you still agreed to talk with me you know because i guess you're a very busy man you, you already established you have a family as well you have a job you have all these other things and you're, you're still talking with me so i'm very grateful for that thank you very much and but but what i wanted to say is you're doing it right because i i talk sometimes or i try to talk with sometimes let's say smaller bands and then they brush me off like oh you have only 800 followers or you have only this and that and, and it's like Oh, okay, you know, yeah, I'm I'm doing what I'm doing, and and I'm a one-man army, and uh, the the key is is what you bring in, you know, being friendly with people because it never hurts if you if you're being nice, you know, you don't have to talk with me, but you can say, oh no, you know, right now it's not uh, the right thing, but sometimes I get brushed off um, rather harshly. Yeah, Let's put I, it this I, way. I don't understand why people do that because. Um... Who do you think you're going to talk to in the end? The Rolling Stone magazine? I mean, who who is if everybody's too small for you, who the fuck do you think you are? Oh, you know, I can see that, you know, the big, the proper big bands these days. Yeah, they would probably brush you off because of, you know, you only have 800 listeners or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, because they're used to talking to, you know, whatever the fuck, Rolling Stone. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know what it is. These goddamn fucking! I don't even know what what it's called up there, you know, at the top. I don't, I don't know. I'll never be there, so I don't know. Um, I think it's just a bad attitude, and it's probably very self-destructive. Um, and it sounds to me like they they don't quite understand that uh, doing promotion is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to be just you talking to two magazines and then you, they, they're going to make you famous. You got to work, fucking! You got to go to work every day. Yep. You know, it's like a regular job. You know, you don't work like once one day a week. You work fucking five. You want to get your paycheck. You want to pay your bills. You work. You get up out of fucking bed and you work every day. Mm -hmm. That's that's real life. You know, and I, I think that should translate into to the music industry. You know, and um, I mean, do you show up at work being an asshole? And I mean, nobody does that. I mean, some, some people do, but you know, people hate them. So mm -hmm. don't do that. You know, it's, exactly. it's, it's not going to get you anywhere. Yep, I don't. I don't. That's that's exactly my point, and thank you for 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 stating it again. Um, it's I I don't get it. You know, I mean, um, you don't have to to love it, and and it, you know, you're or you're busy or whatever, or you don't feel it worthwhile. But just um, in German, you say the tone makes the music. You know, it's also how you say it, and and how do you, and and why. Anyway, uh, that's that's my. Uh, I I had, uh, um, and I don't want to keep you for too long. I don't know uh, when uh, when when you want to finish. But um, how do you do it in in your own um, life? You know, because like we, we already established, you have all these other things, and and you just said uh, it's it's like every day you have to do something. And I'm I'm completely agreeing with you. You know, I get up usually at four o'clock in the morning, do my whole. Um, Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a morning person, so this is not a problem for me. I, you know, I don't okay. have even an alarm clock. I just wake up. You know, I'm I'm yeah. awake, um, wow. and 
what I wanted to say was, uh, and then I do my my social media stuff. You know, I do my um, uh, playlist and I do uh, a, a new radio show. Prepare all the, you know, I, I do all this in the morning because the family is still sleeping and I have my my quiet and peace. So, how yeah. do you find the time for for this? Because you already said you're, it's not your full time job. So, how how can I, I guess like you you said it before. Um, You just got so used to it when also with your thoughts that you write down things and when you find it 10 years later or something um but mm. but how, how is your maybe maybe walk me through a day of yours this would be interesting how how, how is a day of yours structured um well i mean a regular day would be um i do i go to work at around 7 30 or three in the afternoon it depends if i have like a day shift or an evening mm -hmm. shift and and i work um And, and, and uh, sort of on the fringes of, of the health service, I deal with people with special needs and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, just kind of like sometimes it's a bit of an exhausting job because they can get kind of naggy and, and you know, um, it's it's a lot of sort of this catering to people that don't, you know, they, they can be a little bit of a handful sometimes. Sometimes that's totally fine. And other times if you're tired, it, it you get really tired, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I get up, I usually get up like probably six thirty in the morning. Um, and, uh, whether or not my wife is up at that point, I might have to deal with a little bit with the kids and, and make some food for them and things like that. And then I go off to work and, you know, um, and, and I kind of go through that day. Um, and there's a lot of windows and, and that that's a good thing about that kind of job. A lot of times it's more about just being social with people. Mm hmm. Um, so that kind of, that gives me actually a lot of little windows of, of silence and, and, and the freedom to just, you know, get my phone out and I can deal with emails and all kinds of communication and actually oh. a little bit of business through that mm -hmm. phone. I'll, I'll take any window I get mm -hmm. to get something done. Um, I mean, I even bring, like, I actually have a sort of a, a, a scaled down version of my studio that I just bring, um, you know, in, in a backpack. Mm-hmm. That's why I always work with laptops because I can bring my studio with me everywhere. So I can even sit at my job and work on music a little bit if it's a really quiet day. So I can actually sit there with a headset and work on music. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the afternoons, I'll uh, I'll drive up, uh, which is across town from where I live. I, I'm renting a room. That's my proper studio. And I'll just hook the laptop up to the bigger system and keep working. Mm -hmm. um and in between that i'll check emails and, and do all kinds of shit and uh, uh yeah that's pretty much how the day goes until until it's uh, later on you know and um i'll, I'll get back I, of course i'll hang out with my family a little bit you know but they're pretty used to, they're, <laughs> they appreciate it i guess <laughs> yeah well yes and no I, I, <laughs> yeah, i'm a little bit of i can be a very annoying person apparently uh, so, yeah, um, me too me too i i my, my daughter yeah. is uh, i you know i like to tease her and then uh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know and, well yeah. I'm, a da i'm a dad you know so she has yeah, to deal I, with I me she actually mm. turned 13 mm. today mm. no Oh, so, you know, oh, today. So she had her birthday mine, mine is eight. Mine is eight. Yeah, my son is, um, he's not eight, he's 10, but uh, almost 10. So she turned 13 today and she's very Ooh, proud. So I, I kept telling her, like, you're 12. She's a teenager, teenager now. I, yeah, mm. but, you know, I keep I kept telling her, like, happy 12th birthday just mm. to annoy her. You know, it's another year until you're 30. It's just I, I have a terrible sense of humor. Yeah, me, me too. Uh, my, my, I think my daughter would, would kind of click with your daughter. It's, should, my daughter is not happy about me as well. No, no, no. I mean, you know, she. I had the worst humor. 
um, but but yeah, so, you, yeah. you know what 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 I'm what I'm kind of um, as you as you were talking I was kind of thinking you you kind of negate what you said earlier a little bit because um, now it seems like uh, your day is constantly full with things you're doing um, but but before you said uh, you also you know whatever comes into your head and you let your mind wander so it, it seems like it's only when you when you drive your car with your mind but is those, watering those are the, yeah those are the other windows you know okay. when, 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 when you're in your car when you're on your way somewhere which happens a lot there's a lot of mm -hmm. car driving in my job too to drive these guys around I see they don't have a lot to do so there's um i understand what you mean by that but mm -hmm. there is still every little pocket of time mm -hmm. i use for something but I'll, there's a lot of stuff going on up here in my mind um even sitting in waiting rooms like you said or you know um well what else just just waiting for things waiting for the train mm -hmm. sometimes you know uh It'll just wander, and it's like I said, you, you get that app out, you write down your ideas. So there's always mm -hmm. some kind of work going on. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, this is, um, sorry, this is just me, and I know we're, we're talking about you, but I, I think this is really a, a lost sense um, the, the youth, okay, I'm the old person again. Uh, the youth lost the sense of boredom, or so. We, we need to be constantly uh, um, entertained and stuff. And and I really enjoy now being bored and just you know going out on my balcony and and looking out, you know, like an old person <laughs> being there and then looking around and and just let my wine wander and just enjoy how you know it rained today, how nice the air is and and just ah. I, I like that. I but I guess this is also when you become older, you know what's good for you, you know, because it, you know also you need this downtime that you take a walk in the woods. Uh, you know, I'm right living to the to the woods here, and um, and just you know let 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 it happen and just don't think about anything. Don't leave uh, you know leave your laptops at home and your your phones and stuff and just. Uh, enjoy the nature you know and, and and when i realized you know i did this morning i did a jog and i didn't took anything with me and and i was seeing some some really nice stuff where oh i could put it inst on instagram it looks so cool and, and, and oh shit i don't <laughs> and when i was like to be as calm but down you're, you're a little damaged by it exactly you, you know I, I realized how damaged I, i am you know like but i'm only thinking oh this looks good i should instagram it you know because It would yeah, still look I'm good if I don't put it on Instagram. I'm completely damaged by it. I don't think I go anywhere without my phone, but I, I consider my phone to be a tool mm -hmm. um, of the trade that I'm in. Um, so I, I use it. Obviously, I use it for, for updating socials and all that stuff, which is a part of what I do. You know, I mean, if I don't do that, um, you know, um, I'll probably just fade away because people's attention span is so short. You kind of have to, and I don't like it, but I've accepted that you kind of have to be quite active on social media to just sort of mm -hmm. remind people that, yeah, I'm here. Hello, hello, you know. Yeah, it, this, uh, this took me. I'm this... doing this, I'm doing that. Here's my web store. Exactly. So it's, 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 a, it's marketing, really, mm -hmm. you know, and to, to make it, you know, it's very cynical sounding, but it's unfortunately, it's, it's uh, at least partially true. Uh, you just have to keep marketing yourself. and um, Because I know, I mean, I was away for a few years. And I didn't do anything with social media. I was pretty much just, it was what I call the lost years, uh, which are, it's a while back now. But I, I had to rebuild everything. You know, I, 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 when I finally decided to like, okay, I'm, I'm going to reemerge. I'm going to start existing again. Um, you realize how forgotten you had become. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, and that was a lot of work. It took me a couple of years, really, to build back up and uh, and, and really make people and, and, and sort of the industry, so to speak, realize that, hey, Mortis is back and he's being active and stuff like that. And it's not something you can do in a week, you know. So ever since then, I've just remained very active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, it's, yeah, I've become like a bit of an um, obsession now, you know. So, yeah, I don't have time to be bored. I never get bored because there's always something to do. Yeah, me, me too. I'm, I'm always having something to do. And, and like you, I also had to... Um, a friend of mine said it quite nice. Um, uh, hate the game, but don't hate the player. So, you know, I don't like the social media game, but I have to play it as well. Because like like you, I don't exist if, you know, if I'm not like... If I don't have thousand followers or something and and you know and this is yeah, and you gotta keep telling them that hey hey you know i'm here here's something new here's yeah, something interesting yeah. you know and because they, they're gonna they're gonna wander off somewhere else mm-hmm. immediately and, and and this is also once again this is something uh, we, i can put, put a positive spin on it because if they stick around this means you know you You won against all the things that is crapping attention from them today. And today, everything craps attention. They have an iPad. They have a, a TV. They have a computer. They have their smartphones. They have, uh, I don't know, friends. We, you know, right now, not much is going on. With, uh, but, but anyway, they go to parties and to concerts yeah. and this and that. So in, in, in this sense, it's, it's really something telling something if they stick around. Because, you know, there yeah. is so much distraction, but they stick with you. So this is something um, I always feel honored. You know, I, I just today did my radio show and I thanked my listeners that we were there because they took their time out and listened to my show. So it's cool. So, um, yeah. yeah, that is true. You know, just even even to have their attention for a few seconds with all these other distractions and all the other cool things that they could be doing. Um mm-hmm. Like playing Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, which is like, what a, what a fantastic way to spend your time. Um, <laughs> I, I, I yeah, hear the sarcasm. Um, yeah. I hear the sarcasm. I got it. Yeah, a little. Yeah, so I can't do it. Yeah. I, um, I, I think my phone is dying, by the way. Okay. I only have a few percentage left. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Uh, yeah. So um, let's wrap this up. Thank you very much. Is there something you want to, um, uh, you, you have the last word, you, you want to say something to the audience, uh, to, the, to the millions out where? <laughs> um, I, th- I guess like, like you just did, like you just said, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm always grateful for people uh, tuning into uh, interviews that I do and then my own socials and just anything that's related to Mortis. I'm very grateful that people, after all these years, you know, still fucking... Uh, Uh, want want to check it out and then they're still into it so that's fantastic man you know it's uh i don't think uh, i don't want to brag or anything but i mean to be able to do this for 30 years and at least maintain some kind of following i don't think a lot of people can say that they've done that you know so i'm a little proud of that you know um, yep and you should you uh, should you should yeah so um yeah uh, again you know that thanks to everyone for for sticking around Okay, thank you. That's really good, nice uh, last words. So have a good evening and yes, you too. Uh, 